You have found yourself on another episode of Locked on Bulls. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the Bulls' recent loss to the Clippers, them splitting the L.A. trip 1-1, whereas last year they 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 won that trip outright. We're going to talk about some other things around the team and heading into this playing stretch where the Bulls have quite a bit of separation in the teams below them. We'll talk about all that and more right after this. You are Locked on Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to Locked on Bulls, member of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day uh that's pat the designer host and creator of the windy city breeze i'm hayes host creator of chicago bulls and chicago bears central and pat the bulls lost a game last night that was really just a it it was a weird game right like the clippers get absolutely crazy from three-point range uh making 20 of 43s for 50 percent the bulls not shooting the three nearly at that rate or hitting it at a decent clip but really when you look at the game and if you're a box score watcher uh, the Bulls did a lot of the things that we called for them to go. Like they they did have too many turnovers. They were close in the rebounding battle. Over half their their buckets were assisted. The Clippers just played a better game. The Bulls just did not have enough in this game. Pat, how you feel about this game? Uh, it's like you said, dog. Like it it was weird because I I don't necessarily feel like the Chicago Bulls played poorly the entire game. I do think um, that they played they definitely played bad enough to win or to lose, right? But yeah. Um, it it just it didn't feel like there was a recipe for the Bulls to come out of this with a win with how the Clippers played nuclear. Um, even if Zach Levine goes for forty, right, we still probably lose. Even if Demar Derozan is is dominating, or and and none of those guys played terribly, right? I think the one part you can point to that was an issue is probably the defensive end, mostly. I mean while they were knocking down threes at a nuclear rate, at least early on in the game, right? The bulls did a better job of forcing tough shots, right? Like I, I sat there during the live call a lot and I was like, that's a tough shot. That's a tough shot. He was able, he wasn't able to, that's a tough shot. We didn't have that kind of in that end of second going into the third. Like if you're going to get a clipper shooting practice, Aaron yeah. Gordon is going to take advantage of it. By the way, uh, we do have to acknowledge this. I know this is a Bulls podcast, but um, once Zach, you, Zach uh, Matthew Levine, I don't know what his middle name is, uh, died <laughs> last night as Eric Gordon crossed his soul out of his body. Bro, like, you know, I, I want to say this, right? Playing playing better on-ball defense puts you in, in situations to get crossed up a little bit more often. Zach Levine, for, for all intents and purposes, has been way more active defensively, but Eric Gordon saw him and was like, hey, bro, Tell me how the floor tastes. Um, and it kept it moving, bro. Like, hey, it just, it just was what it was at that point. And it was man. such a hot night shooting, too. I was like, bro, not the snatch back. He going to knock it down, too. Cash. Allah. It's ugly out here. You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, but I, I I don't know. I, I don't come out of this Clippers game. Now, here's the thing. You got clapped. Um, I'll ask you this. Can we give them the normal back-to-back leeway, right? Like, usually you do see losses like this in back-to-back games. Bulls played really hard, but you went from a 2.30 game to a 9.30 game. I feel like this is just the game where you got your butt kicked. I don't know if I can give you the, it was the second of a back-to-back when, I mean, you had more than 24 hours in between that game. Um. 
I mean, yeah, I, I don't want to throw the Bulls too much bell in this. The Bulls just got, listen, they just got outworked this game. That's what it was. They And, you know, I know people like, at least in my post-game show yesterday, people were like, well, if you if Billy Donovan would have did this, if he would have played this player more, and I'm just like, I'm looking at it and saying, I just don't think that this is a, a realistic in which we can just say, hey, the Bulls could have done this and this could have been a win. If the Bulls would have made this minor changes, because the way that the Clippers were shooting, yeah. that's just not something you could just say, hey, listen, if you just made this different lineup change all of a sudden, now I will say this. One thing that they did do that that did bother me is that uh, keep double teaming players when they're clearly prepared for the double team and they're making the right pass. You kind of at that point they probably should have tried to guard people more straight up. But even then, they're still, they still there were a lot of shots the Clippers hit last night with fully defended well with a hand in their face and they still went down. And you know the Bulls a quarter and a half of the game didn't play good defense at all. Yeah. But you know it's hard to stay I guess motivated especially in the second half of a back to back when you were playing great defense. And the mugs were just hitting it. They were just hitting it. Let me ask you this, um, because I feel like me and you have been very – tried to be objective on this as, as Bulls fans, not uh, just Chicago till we die. Um, yeah. Is Io just – he, he's done? He gave up? It's over? Like, Dalen Terry scored more than Io did yesterday. I'm, at this point, somebody said this in my postgame show, and I, and I had to spend some time thinking about this. Somebody said at this point, what is Io DeSumo giving you that you can't expect to get from from uh, Dalen Terry? And I and I wanted to have a rebuttal for it, and I'm like, I, this has been a rough sophomore season for Io, and I really do pray, and I and I think it's going to be a sophomore slump, and hopefully he comes out of this much right. better uh, going into next season. But you, it's hard to overlook just how much Io has regressed in certain areas. Like, yeah, bro, I, I think at this point, I know that Billy Donovan won't, but. At this point, I would start considering like, hey, Dalen can play more positions. He's a better ball handler in, in most situations. And I would trust Dalen Terry to finish around the rim better than what Io has. It's been a tough season for Io this year. It's been a tough season. I'm not ready to give up on Io. I know a lot of people no, are just yeah, not long term going from Io. Uh, listen, you, you don't give up on prospects after a down year if you feel like they've had an up year, right? Like This yeah. is not... That's not a recipe for success either for all the Bulls fans that are ready to move on from Io immediately. Um, stop complaining about Larry Markin and being on the Utah Jazz then. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, like, that's exactly what would happen. We you don't get about Io, and, and in a year, he'd be a starting level point guard, <laughs> averaging 12 and 10, and we'd be like, yeah, you, you you don't get to have it both ways. Right? I can't believe we gave up on this guy. Get rid of Io. It's like, it's been two years, bro. Um, but what I will say is this. What we felt from Io last year, we're feeling from Dalen Terry this year in much more limited spurts. And so I do agree with you that I think he needs to get run. And that's just an impact, right? Every time on the court, there's certain players that every time they step on the court, they make an impact. Io DeSumo was that last year, has definitely fallen off this season, uh, definitely was not a factor in that Clipper game. Dalen Terry came in, finished with what? Three points, one assist, uh, a steal. You know what I mean? Like, uh, let me see here. Dalen yeah, Terry. Four minutes, two, point. two points, two yeah. rebounds, one assist, and one foul. Had a plus yeah. minus, a plus nine. And the one rebound, offensive. Yeah. One offensive, one defensive. You know yeah. what I mean? And so it, it's it's one of those things of every time this guy steps onto the court, there's an impact. He stepped on the court. Was starter still on the court, too. So, um I think that we've seen enough of Dalen to say, I need to see more. I don't think you give up on Iowa. I think you try to figure out what gets us back there. I told y'all earlier, the Bulls basically have thrown this season in the garbage. 
Now, they're going to try and win as much as possible. But the fact that some of these guys have remained on the bench, the fact that they're just looking past some of these guys tells me that they're in a very developmental mode. <laughs> and yeah. they're like, okay, let's see if Kobe's going to be here next year. Let's see if Io's going to be here next year. Let's see if P. Will is developing in the right direction. By the way, P. Will, heck of a game last night. We Bro. can't wait to get out of here without talking about that. I thought he actually came out aggressive and showed some love. What'd you see from him? I love what I saw from people. It seemed like he was kind of filling it out at first, and I yeah. and I and I and I, I understand that uh, his role has been inconsistent as of late. But like once he did get in rhythm, and once he did, got, I, I'll tell you what. What told me that people was going to have a good game is when Kawhi was guarding him, and he did a two dribble step back and drained it in his face. I think it was Kawhi guarding him. I believe it was Kawhi guarding him on that play. Um, and it literally, I was like, oh, we about to get good people tonight. And he could maintain that for the rest of the game. Play really good defense. I honestly would have liked to see them put P. Will on Kawhi a little bit more than what they did. I don't know if they were worried about uh, if P. Will was going to be able to to keep up that defensive intensity. They kind of moved him around on other players a lot in that game. But P. Will gave us a, a, a really good game, a solid game. Here's here's I, I was listening to, uh, weirdly enough, I don't know why, I, I had nothing else to do. I was listening to Austin Rivers podcast. And he was talking about. He had a podcast. Yeah, he'd be talking. Uh, and he was talking about what role players get. Mm. And he said, if I'm on a team with three dudes that are taking 10 or more shots, I'm not shooting. <laughs> I'm not getting shot. I'm getting five to seven shots. Maybe. That's why I said what I said before, right? Where I believe that Patrick Williams is kind of the, the bulls are viewing Patrick Williams kind of in stash mode. Mm. And hey, listen, sit him on the bench, let him get in where he can, let him try and figure out his role, let him gain his confidence with some of these backup players. Let's get him as confident as we can heading into next season because he's probably going to be one of those guys whose shots is going to take a big leap because one of the big three, if not two of the big three, probably will not be here going into next season. That's kind of how I'm feeling at this point, just watching how the rest of this season is playing out. And I think I think you're right. I think the writing's kind of on the wall with that. I think that to for you to make meaningful uh, improvements to this team, you have to let one of them go, and probably a, another high level role player off the bench too. Where it, it's going to be, I, I said this over on Central one time, and I still maintain it. If for anybody, whoever it is, one of your favorite Chicago Bulls players is not going to be back next season. Whoever that is, one of your favorites is not going to be back. That's just the way that it, that it, it's going to shape up. So whoever that is, whatever it ends up being. That's up to AK to decide. And, you know, I don't necessarily envy the place that AK is in. But before we get into the next topic, I got to talk to you guys about FanDuel. The tournament is heating up, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because that's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Uh, that's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to the point spreads to which teams will be cutting down the net. All in one app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right, Pat. So the big three in this game, um, when you look at it, score pretty well, all over 20 points. But as we know as well, the Bulls, you know, they went into L.A. Last year, we swept the L.A. trip in the Clippers and the, and the Lakers. We split it 1-1. How does that, how, how has that changed, if any, your feeling on 
the Bulls in ending their season because we're going to get LA is going to come out much like Philly in that second game. They're going to come out at home uh, against us, trying to punch us in the face early. Are yeah. you concerned at all with the Bulls' ability to to match that energy and prepare for that energy? I I think that's the energy the Bulls are looking at, are looking to contain right like that's the that's the energy that pat bear brings hey look now they're gonna come and try and punch us in the mouth remember that philly game a little bit of a different situation the philly game right we were in a we had just played two double overtime games in a span of four days we had a back-to-back in there as well and we took two of three out of those against philly miami and then philly again a situation where a lot of people who uh you know don't play sports will say uh, you got you got the doors kicked in in that last game uh, because Joel Embiid was more serious. He did put us away very quickly. The Bulls, every shot they shot was about a foot short. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sorry that human fatigue does come into play sometimes in, in, in the NBA. Uh, but what I will say is this. We're not in that situation here now. Uh, the biggest question is going to be, is Darvin Ham actually a good coach? Because uh, I'm starting to have some questions on that. Because in that Laker game, AD took eight shots. And we didn't have a center. I got a lot of questions. I'm just, uh, you know what I mean? So I think that there's going to be uh, a more of a focal point of getting AD the basketball. Okay. Um, AD try, I, I, does it feel like AD and Brian don't vibe? I mean, AD says they have one of the best relationships in, in the NBA. So, I mean, and listen, off court, maybe on court, it feels like they don't vibe together. Okay, here's I'm going to play devil's advocate because I'm not disagreeing with you. But what how much percentage of it do you think that may have been? I don't know if you are you talking overall or were you just looking at that game against us? Because keep in mind, LeBron was coming back. And maybe maybe he didn't want to disrupt the because those players got in a good rhythm without him being out. Do you think any of that was maybe LeBron trying to pick his spots to not mess up the rhythm that the role players had gotten in that time? I don't even think LeBron's my focal point on that. I think it's more the fact of AD getting eight shots. <laughs> like you had no D'Lo, you had no right. It, it, had it no Vooch. We had no Vooch. Like there's no, there's literally no reason to not give AD more shots. And so I don't know. Man. It always feels like, like I get that. It, it always feels like AD and LeBron has never felt dominant. This is true. Never I, felt I like I can't beat this. Yeah. It's always felt like that's LeBron over there. We got to worry about it because that's LeBron over there. But it's never felt like, oh, my God, this team is coming to town. They finna cook us. We The Bulls with Zach Levine and uh, banged up Lowry and Wendell competed with this Laker team. Multiple times. You make great points. Okay, here's my question. Again, I'm playing completely devil's advocate because I agree with you. Just for the nature of conversation, it's not good. It's not a fun conversation to be like, I agree. So I'm just throwing out other things. How much of it do you think also is AD, after Vooch went down, realized, hey, Drummond's out there now. I don't want to get hurt. Because remember, he did have that brief injury thing in the game. I'm just saying, because we know AD is Mr. Glass. Do you think at all AD (laughs) was like, hey, listen, y'all see this big dude out there? I don't want to get hurt. No, I think I think what that was was every Chicago dude just being like, hey, man, this man OC, bro. What's going on? Why is he <laughs> Why is he Euro stepping, bro? What's happening right now? Nah, I don't know, man. I The split in L.A. to me was big. Uh, you have an opportunity to start your week off with a win here. Um, and, and I think the biggest thing the Bulls have to do coming into this game is uh, disrupt 
the the connection between AD and whoever's trying to feed him the ball. And they've done a better job of that. They've done a better job defending entry passes coming in. They've done a better job making things tough on the passing lanes, right? I love the defensive rotations we've seen a lot of times. I spent most of the Clippers game in the first and beginning of the second and then back in the fourth talking about how uh, the Bulls' defensive rotations weren't bad. They were just really, really tough shots. Um, By the way, the Lakers also shot the three ball out of their mind at the beginning of that game when they were keeping that thing close. You you have to – are the Lakers going to continue to be able to shoot that well? Um, The Lakers have been a better defensive team. I expect it to be another low-scoring type of game. Um, But, I mean, listen, it's put up or shut up time. The play-in is almost here. You're doing pretty well, even though you're sitting at the 10th seed. The Bulls are becoming one of those seeds right now especially with how they've competed against top teams mm-hmm. that top teams might not want to see like the bulls back in the day, right? Like if you were getting an eighth seed bulls team, you were literally like, for, Oh my God. Yeah. I don't want to fight in the first round. These looks think they can win. Yeah. So uh, and to, to piggyback off that question. So right now the bulls hold a three game advantage over the Washington Wizards, a three and a half game advantage over the Pacers, the teams below them. And they are only one game back from the eight seed. Do you think that is real? And the benefit of getting to the eight seed is that the Bulls would only have to win one game. They could then also have a buffer to lose one game and still get another one. Yep. Do you think that the Bulls are going to get to that eight seed? And A, do you think that that's what they should be pushing towards is trying to get to that eight seed? I think you have to because you know it, it, it's the mindset of the game. Um, you, you know what you were, right? Like, you, like, let's be real. They were trash. Like, yeah. Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Vooch, most of the season, trash. The epitome of mid. Our, our offensive to defensive rating split was 0.1. Our net rating, point, point 0.1. That means that we scored 0.1 less than we defended. <laughs> so you, you literally were the definition of mid. And I think that the, the biggest thing mentally that moves the Bulls right into the right direction and, and, and builds your spirit going into next season is, hey, we were 12th coming out of the all-star break. We fought our way all the way to eighth and we had hopefully right. A heck of a first round series versus whoever we had a first round series against. Um, This NBA is so weird that I can't sit here and tell you that any seed is safe. Mm. Like, like honestly, like if, if I look at the West, not even looking at the, I look at the West. If Denver loses in the first round to who's the eighth seed in the, in the East right now or in, in the West, West right now, the Pelicans. If Denver lose to the Pelicans, now nah, we got some question marks. Yeah, there. we got some questions. That's that's different. That unless, unless Zion is healthy, and just looks like who we think Zion can be. That would be such a gut shot. They get Zion back for that. They would Bro. win. They would win. Bro, and here's what here's what I'll say: If the, the Pelicans, Denver has the p- potential to be what was that? The the we believe Warriors was the Warriors and the Mavericks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I will, that that has the potential to be that type of series. And you, Brandon Ingram and Zion go off, start going off. Hey, listen. But even that, right? Like, if Zion comes back without Zion, it, it actually would be a shot. But if Zion comes back, right? Like, we're sitting here and we're like, wow. Um, Y'all just lost to the eighth seed, right? If like, like that's how the seeding in the NBA. We've seen the Bulls beat Boston three times this year. Three times, I believe, three times this year. Was, did we beat them all three times? Did we only play them three times? 
Yeah, I think we only played them three times. I just did we I mean, we beat them twice. Boston? Right? We, we beat them twice. We won, the we, beat them twice. we won the series. If we've only played them three times, we won the series. So yeah. uh, we, we beat Boston twice, right? We beat Milwaukee. Uh I mean, like I, I'm not surprised by any of this. And so I think that the thing is with this Bulls team mentally, we get to eight, we get to play teams that we've competed well against. We get to play teams that have never come in here and blown the doors off of us. We split the season with Boston two two. We did play them four times. There you go. Yeah, we supposed um, to with Boston. Yeah. But yeah, uh, you know, I thought that and that's the thing is that I know that the Bulls, I'm not saying the Bulls should try to jockey for position to, to pick their first round matchup because either the Bucks or the or the Boston or the <laughs> Celtics situation. Yeah, yeah. But I do think that for the advantage of the playing, only having to win one game, I think they absolutely should. But uh at the end of the day, like the Bulls control their own destiny. And with seven games left, if the Bulls can get four out of four out of the seven, we're talking about a team that finishes. At with 40 wins. And I don't think any of us would have thought that that was possible with how this season started off. No, no, I, I wouldn't have even expected it. And so it, it changes your perception moving, moving forward. We've talked about this a couple of times on what really is this team? What tweaks mm-hmm. do we really need to make? I don't think you can just run back continuity, but I also will say, you can, if you put the right pieces in place with continuity. Right, like well, it's going to be a level of continuity, right? There's going to be a level of that, and every team should have a level of continuity. You shouldn't be completely revamping your roster every yeah. year, to, besides the two players. So there's always going to be a, a portion of that. But I think you have to at least, even if you look at this starting line and say we're going to sign, re-sign Pat Bev, we're going to have Pat Bev for the whole season, we're going to try to run that starting five back. You have to make drastic improvements yeah. on that bench to better support that starting five. Then, if you say, hey. We're going to probably miss one or two of the big three. All right, you got to change your starting lineup and then maybe with one or two tweaks on the bench. But either way, either there's going to be heavy bench tweaks or heavy tweaks in the starting lineup or a mixture between the two. I don't think AK can run straight up continuity back this offseason. I just don't think that he can. Well, I mean, I think when we talk about continuity, right, we talk about continuity between the big guys. Yes. yes. You know what I mean? Like, we, I, I, don't, I don't bring the bench into it. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, all of those pieces are interchangeable. Andre Drummond, love you. We could find another big dude. Mitchell Robinson, I think he's unhappy in his role out in uh, – Does he want to be the backup, though? Bro, fam, I, I don't know. Do you want to play? <laughs> like, that's what, that's my you signed to a team that has 17 centers on it. Like, what like, would what, you think? Hey, was you know what? Happen? Honestly, the Bulls can literally go after and be like, hey, two disgruntled centers, right? We're going to bring Mitchell Robinson, Mo Bamba. We want to take a look at you. Or you don't even do that, right? Yakapoto don't seem thrilled to be in Toronto again. Bro, I, I would love a Yakapoto. I would love a Yakapoto. Yakapoto. Well, I would go crazy for a Yakapoto signing. Right. Um, here's the, <laughs> all right, before we move, uh, before, well, you know, g- moving into the next topic, I do want to talk to you about this Casey Johnson article before we go. Now, so Casey Johnson uh, came out with this article um, talking about how the Portland Trailblazers, and I actually talked about this on an episode, one of the episodes you you missed, on the, the chances of the Portland Trailblazers removing the protections on that Portland pick. Now, the article was more in-depth. He talked about how the, the Portland Trailblazers are old uh, New York's pick if they make the playoffs. They firmly mm-hmm. look like they're going to be making the playoffs. And the Portland, they, they could trade that first-round pick to the Bulls to get the protections off there. But another thing that the Trailblazers could do is – remove the protections for I doubt they do it this season because they have a lottery pick, but they could say, Hey, 2024, we're removing all protections. That's your pick. We're done. And what the reason why that would help the trailblazers is that if they are going to try to rebuild around Dame, which some people have some doubt on that, they can't trade any of their first round picks just by nature of how the protection with the Chicago bulls pick that they owe goes. Yeah. They can't trade any of their first pick, their future picks 
Um, so with that said, like, do you think that the Portland Trailblazers looking at this offseason, the season that they've had, Casey Johnson talking about it, do you think that that may be a realistic outcome that we either get the New York pick or the Trailblazers could say, hey, Bulls, 2024, that's your pick, so then we can start trading our picks in the future because we're trying to build around Dane. What do you think? I think it's realistic because – but I don't know if it attaches itself to Dane. They're hamstrung either way with this pick. This is true, yeah. yeah. Like, no matter what, right? I think that, and I've said this when we had the Dame conversation, I, I think both sides want to move on, but they just love each other too much. The kids is involved, man. That's a good way of putting it. That's you know a great I mean? way of putting like, it. Literally like, hey, listen, I love you. You love me. We just know this ain't working, right? Like it's not, it's not beef. We, we, re we realistically realize that neither of us are getting where we want to go together. And the kids is involved. I got little Anthony back here. Little Jeremy. Yeah. I got a little, what's they, what's they sitting Shaden there? Sharp? Is that Shaden Sharp? I got a little Shaden back here. He just yeah. jumping around. Yeah. He, he actually me a ball or two. Bro, bro. <laughs> hey, listen, if they do decide yeah. to move on from game, they got to. I send you a pick back. Send me that. <laughs> yeah, that's it, bro. Hey, you, we, you can have your pick back and we'll send you a future 2029. Just give us Shaden. Bro, that, I, I know sometimes I, I get caught up in the, in the now with some of these rookies, but I tell you what, Blake Wesley, and Shaden Sharp, I look at it as, hey, those guys are about to be ballers at the NBA level. But that's but that's the thing, right? Like, we're sitting here talking about the other guys. And, yes, you can build those other guys around Dame, but does that fit your timeline? Or can you get things in there that are in the now that, okay, we have young pieces coming up with what we have in the now, yeah. or we have more draft capital in the future to build on what we have in the now because the now is going to compete at the same level that it's competed as with Dame. Yeah. I, we're not talking about Portland sitting at the top of the Western Conference right now. They're not one or two pieces away, right? Like, Dame Lillard's amazing. He's one of the most underrated point guards in the NBA, always has been. Um, I, I think he misses out on a lot of accolades and things like that. And it, but at the end of the day, we know what kind of talent Dame Lillard is. I don't say that he's a superstar because I, I have a different definition of superstar. But there's, he's only, a, there's only like five superstars in the league. But when you talk about levels of talent, Yes, yeah. he's a superstar level talent. Yeah. Like he's one of the best players in the NBA. But it's gotten you 35 wins, 34 wins. Portland, I don't even know off the top of my head. I have to look that up. But uh, I, uh, the Portland Trailblazers have 32 wins on the season. At, but what, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so you're, you're having the same conversations after another season. So I think that they might remove the protections just so they could stop being hamstrung and then possibly move on from Dame, excuse me, Dame Lillard. Now, y'all heard what we said in that one. Swap them. <laughs> you, know, you have Alonzo, you, you can have Zach. No, well, maybe not Zach. Let me get that back. But <laughs> <laughs> so, right. And the Portland Trailblazers are clearly, I, I don't, is it tanking if you're still a bad team? But like Dame, Anthony Simons, Jeremy Grant, and Yusuf Nurkic, four out of their five starters are all out. I mean, it's I I, I don't. Yeah, did you sneeze? Oh, Go ahead and sit down, bro. Take the game off. Don't even yeah, worry, bro. You got to call. It's tanking. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's. It's the reason I sit here and I go, why are we sitting here realistically still doing this again? It's not because I don't think Dame loves Portland. It's not because I don't think that Portland doesn't love Dame. It's just that it don't work. And the big men that you think you can pair with him aren't that good. Yeah. Jeremy Grant, eh, Yusuf Nurkic, meh. 
I'm going to ask you this question, and this is just a snowball. Jalen Brown apparently maybe think about leaving. Maybe the, the... <laughs> listen. What listen. do you think? What do you think a, a Dame Jalen Brown combo could be like? Listen, let me tell you this right now. First off, it's dominant, but I'm going to say this right here. Jalen Brown should leave. Oh, for sure. Because anytime a water boy becomes available, they try to include Jalen Brown in a protected first in the trade. <laughs> any anytime there's there's a, hey we thinking about uh sending a tiger from the Boston Zoo to the Brookfield Zoo. Hey, let's you uh, want Jalen Brown? Would you take Jalen Brown? Jalen Brown? Would you include Jalen Brown with that tiger <laughs> in the trade? We, we'll send you a protected first. Like, Why do you think that is? Like, and here's the thing. I, 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 and I don't know how controversial this may be, but to me, Jalen Brown is having a better season than Jason Tate. I don't know if that's controversial. I think you. I think Boston has the question of is it is it do we build around Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown? I think they've already said Jason Tatum based okay. on how they built everything around him. And I think I, I've continued to say this. Boston is really really nice. Boston's really dominant. Boston needed Alonzo Ball. Boston needed a Chris Paul. Boston needed a somebody who's literally going to say, this is not your turn, my turn. This is, hey, we're going to move the ball at a high efficiency rating. We're going to get this. And Marcus Smart has done a lot he's of that. There. Yeah, he's been there. But it's it's not as consistent as one of those top, top guys, right? And so not, not to say they're not able to win without that, but I think your question is, right, like, are you able to win in the finals? And it took Marcus Smart becoming that for you to get to an NBA Finals. So you clearly see that. I don't know what that team is. Like, I, 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 they're, they're great. And yet they want to blow it up every season. I watch them and I'm like, this is a great basketball team. Go find a center that's under 45. Like, or that you, know what, you know what Vooch would do for that team? Fam. Bro, Come. like... I'm just gonna say I'm gonna leave that there, bro. And, and you know, I would if 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 Chicago had this exact same Boston team, our our fan base would love. I I don't get Boston fans. I just don't like. It seems like Boston fans just literally they're like, "Hey, you didn't win a title. Look, you're rid of everybody." But hey. I, I the that's the modern NBA. This is true. The modern NBA does not believe in t things taking time. The modern NBA does not believe in fighting over the hump. The modern NBA does not believe in build on what we already have here. The modern NBA is it didn't work. Blow it up. Yep. Microwave mindset. That's the, that's the area that we live Microwave in. Mindset bars. Like everybody wants it now. The development. No, if you can't put, if you can't put water in it and heat it up for three minutes, they don't want it, bro. Bars out here, bro. And no, and here's them teams don't win. <laughs> must must sit there and be like, must sit there and be like, you got to reset it. And I'd be like, it's a Golden State like 10 years before they got that thing right. Like, I mean, if you – like, just look at the Clippers, right? They, while a great team, and I think if they stay healthy, have a championship-level uh, talent, like, look at those Clippers, look at the Nets. Hell, look at the Dallas Mavericks right now. Yep. You added a, a a one of the best players in the NBA in Kyrie, and you can't play defense good enough to win a playoff series. They are out of the playing right now. Listen, it's listen. crazy. J Jason Kidd is a joke of a coach. I'm sorry. I mean, I mean, bro, I mean, me, 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 and you absolutely would be I a mean, better coaching staff. I love, I love, I love Jason Kidd. I love what he was as a player. His coaching career may taint a lot of people's history on him. Just keep watching the highlight reels. I got to do that every, every time I watch a Dallas game. I got to go watch ten minutes of Jason Kidd as a player, so I keep loving him because Jason I'm just like, Kidd, what are you running? Jason Kidd is the coaching ver version of Michael Jordan being the owner 
of the, of the show. <laughs> By the way, I saw a bunch of people like, sell the team to Mike. Like, no, 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 no. no. Please, don't, please don't sell the team to Mike. <laughs> please don't. Like, no. no I love you, Mike. Just... I love you, Mike. We'll, we'll, we'll want it. We don't want it. <laughs> Could you imagine a coach owned by Michael Jordan and coached by Jason Kidd? Um, They'd win negative games. They would find a way to win negative games. <laughs> they lose all the preseason games and the regular season. <laughs> they lose all the preseason games and the regular season. My oh, God. man, it's not the same if we don't roast somebody before we go. But uh, man, we got nothing left. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> Hey, man, follow us on everything at Locked On Bulls. You can follow me on everything at Pat the Designer. Appreciate you guys for showing love again. Absolutely. Thank you for showing out. You guys can follow me if you choose to do so at CEO Hayes, at CEO H-A-I-Z-E. And thank you, as always, for making Locked On Bulls your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, go and check out Game to Game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game uh, covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can provide. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. For Pat the Designer, I'm Hayes. This has been Locked On Bulls. We out, y'all. Peace. Peace. I just want to be back to the side and look for the other